Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm back, Luke Palacio, and of course, we've got Tony Moldy. Uh, we are less than a week from F3. We are. Less than a week. And guess what? We've got not one, not two, but three shows at F3. I mean, three. It's, it's going to be, be big fun. time. Oh, yeah. It's going to be big time. It's going to be an, an interesting time. It's going to be a really interesting time. Oh, we've got to make up for all the times that you were traveling last quarter oh, that we yeah. couldn't do the show. But absolutely, it's going to be great. So we got With Sonar every day. The, I'm excited about this. So with Sonar during F3, it's going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Like on this show, we typically do a lot of like market updates, you know, uh, basically predicting predicting what's going to happen in the world for the next 18,000 years. But, you know, we're going to dial it back just a little bit. Yeah. And we're going to, our customers are going to be on it and they're just going to give a little bit of their experience. Not, not even so much with Sonar, but just like what's happening in the market, how they're dealing with it. You're going to hear from uh, some shippers, some carriers, and some 3PLs. Uh, of different sizes too. They're not all. It's not just going to be like a really big uh, shipper or carrier. Also got some small and mid-sized folks there. So it'll be exciting. Yeah, I think that's going to be what's interesting, right? It's it's bringing this blend of people in in the real world mm-hmm. to our show gives it an idea of, hey, this is what they're actually seeing, right? What going What's going on in the real world? Where we try to show typically what the data is showing is going on in the real world. So yeah. it kind of gives some of those first-hand experiences to kind of solidify what the data shows. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, speaking of F3, though, I, I got to run you through, like, some things that are happening at F3. Like, you, you need to come. I mean, obviously, we're going to be there. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want to hang out with us? But also, we've got, I mean, the conference ends at 3 here, and the conference itself is going to be great, no doubt about it. But then after that, you've got things like axe throwing and beer tasting, concerts. I don't know, are you a music guy? Yes. Okay. I am... What about the, I know everybody's style is a little different here. My see, my style is kind of all over the place. So some of this actually does fit yeah. into my style. Pat Green, I know that a lot of people spoke positively of Pat Green. See, I knew Eli Young Band. I mean, Eli that was Young a name I, okay. I knew yeah. from the beginning. So yeah, there's going to be some good stuff there. So obviously, in addition to some of those activities, I think there's even a, a there's a few helicopter tours. Most of the spots might already be taken, but there's not a lot. But there'll be some of that going on. Obviously, the concerts are happening. I think there's even a steamboat uh, like activity. Like it, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And the best part of this is Tony. Like this is my beef with a lot of conferences. They might have like they might have a golf event over here. They might have like you know a happy hour over here, and then the conference is over here. And it's like, great, all right, we got to go Uber or find a way to get up there. Not for this. Yeah, I mean that's going to be the nice not part, right? You're going to be able to get around pretty easy. And, yeah. and I mean Chattanooga is not a big city as is, right? So it's easy to to kind of navigate everything, but it's that outside experiences, right? I mean, you, like yeah. you mentioned that outside after three p.m. like. I remember in Arkansas, kind of at that afternoon, after that lunch, like little boost of energy gets yeah. to you, things kind of slow down. Well, now Fizzles. you kind of get out and get to go network and experience things yeah. with, with different people and, and you get to meet people, right? Exactly I mean, right. That's going to be the, the it, it brings that festival aspect to a conference. Right? It does. It does. And, and that's the thing. Like, I've, I've been to a lot of conferences and I go to a lot every year and that's the piece that it's always missing, yeah. right? Like, the content's usually great, but it's that, where's the festival side of it too? Yeah. Like, we want to have fun too. Yep. Right? Can't a guy just have a good time? Doesn't have to be business all the time. But, um, so it'll be a good time. So that's November 1st through the 3rd. Um, I think they're projecting close to 2,000 people there at the event. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of folks tend to sign up last minute. I think there's around 15 to 1,600 folks signed up right now. So 
Um, we'll, we'll see exactly where that number lands. But it'll be a good time. Uh, and, of course, with sonar every, every day. day. It's going to be great. But not all at the same time. I think we're 8.45 day one, and then we are uh, 11.15 and then 12.45 on day three. Yeah, I think we're the last show on the TV last stage. on the TV stage. Guess what? We were the last show on the TV stage at uh, Future Supply Chain, or too. Caboose. We bring it home. Yep. We bring it home. Bring in the closers. Bring it home. That's right. Bring in the closers. But anyways, we got a lot to talk about today on With Sonar, so let's get to it, okay? So, uh, again, you'll see a different show uh, with, from, from, from a lot of our customers when we get down there, but today, you've got, you've got the good stuff, okay? So, uh, Tony, been a lot going on in the market. What, I, a lot of folks don't realize how painful the, market, the trucking market mm-hmm. is right now for small carriers. Yeah, I mean, when you think about what's going on in the marketplace, I mean, when you talk about the truckload market, it's so fragmented, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you're going to see, when you start to look in some of these earnings calls from these large carriers, like they're starting to see kind of, I don't want to say the writing on the wall, but they're starting to see this softness that we've been talking about for a while. Well, guess who it affects first? Yeah. These small carriers that are operating in the spot market. And <clears throat> we've seen this kind of, I don't want to say, I mean, it is painful, right? When you really think about what's going yeah. on. I mean, when you look at where spot rates were just what six eight months ago to where they are now it's a dramatic decline right and that's i mean that's how some of these smaller carriers operate i mean they're 100 percent tied to the spot market so they've just seen revenue numbers just decline dramatically yeah so i mean we'll bring up that first chart that we've got it's our nti over the past five years or dating back to 2019 yeah so we're still relatively high. I mean, yeah, we're at three and, a little over three and a half years of history. Yeah. Here. So we're at what? $2.59 right now? Keep in mind, that's all in, including cute fuel. Yeah. So, yes, it's above where 2019 levels were, but there's inflation Big baked asterisk to that. Yeah. Big it, asterisk. Yeah. So, I mean, we're still low compared to where we were. I mean, we're right around where we were July of 2020, right? right? That's right when that boom was happening. But you have to factor in the inflationary pressures that we've seen throughout the past two years. Fuel, more expensive. Your maintenance expenses are higher. Your insurance expenses are higher. Talk to me. Just your labor expenses are higher. I mean, if you go back and look at throughout 2020 and 2021, specifically, really 2021, you saw a lot of driver wage increases, right? Which is is a good thing. Yeah. But when... Really good thing when the markets you can do, afford to do it when the market's tight yeah. and oh, yeah. rates are high, but now you're paying those same wages and your revenue numbers falling off because unless you can offset this decline with volume, which you'd have to offset it pretty heavily with volume, your revenue number is going to end up being down. Yeah, and that's a tough, a tough, tough number to offset for a lot of small carriers, right? Like yep. you said, the big carriers they're signaling that the downturn is starting to hit them, but they. A, it took six months longer for it to hit them, but also they have a little bit more cash to wait it out. Yeah. Right? So they can offer, you know, dirt cheap rates um, and they can, they, can, they can make it last. But um, a lot of these small carriers, they can't do that. Yeah. Right? It's, you know, the money that I bring in, I got to pay for my truck. Maybe, I, maybe I'm an owner operator or maybe I just I have an eight truck fleet, right? An yeah. eight truck fleet, it's, you're not, right? You know, it, it, things have to go pretty well. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at what? I mean, if we think back, even if you're buying used equipment, I mean, you're talking at eight trucks, almost a million dollars, if not more, in just the equipment expense initially, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's it's no small, not like, a small investment. Yeah, I mean, you're you're you've got skin in the game. Yeah, 
and a sizable amount. And I mean, this market has changed dramatically from where yeah. it was a year ago. And if you were just getting into the market then to try to take advantage, now you're reaping right. the, I don't want to say it, you're just getting where you are. Re- yeah. You were reaping the rewards of the market this time last yeah. year. You're getting the other side of it right now. Exactly right. And, and it's a really tough side. So like we said, right, so this this, this index right here is all in truckload rates, including including fuel, right? Yep. So again, about, about 30% higher than we were this time in 2019, but that's not apples to apples, which is why this next chart, I think, will help provide a little clarity towards that, right? So fuel is a big cost, right? And since this is all in including fuel, we have to look at the fuel piece of this uh, to understand really what folks are buying. So there it is right there. There's been a 77, over 77% increase in the price of fuel now compared to this time in 2019. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and that's, dramatic. If you think about fuel, it's the second biggest expense that a carrier right. has, right? Apart Behind from labor, right? Labor. Yeah. Labor is that biggest expense. Second highest expense is fuel. Where the big difference, right? If you think about contract rates, right? Right. They're X fuel plus a fuel surcharge. The spot rate that we just showed, all in fuel. So, I mean, if you start adjusting it, I mean, for that increase, I mean, it's it's pretty dramatic decline right. in, in the actual underlying rate. Right. Which is why when I hear folks say we're still doing better than 2019, it's maybe for the big carriers, but not for the small guys because they have to deal with this. They don't get that fuel surcharge. Now, a few of them might be able to sneak in and grab some contracts in which case that's great. That's yep. ideal right now because you get a little bit of cushion with the fuel surcharge. But if you can't, right, that's that's still a large chunk of the market. About 20% of freight consistently moves on the spot market. Yep. Right? So that, that's still a good chunk, even though the vast majority is contract, it's still a good chunk that's exposed to this, this big increase. So, um, and, and let's flip it one more time. We're going to look at equipment prices. A lot of new entrants into the market, a lot of new and small carriers bought equipment last year to expand their fleets. And this is what they had to deal with, with those equipment prices. So not only are they now paying more for fuel, they also paid more than at any time ever in history for equipment prices. Let's take a look. Yeah, I mean, we're talking up 87% yeah. compared to 2019, right? You s- we're down significantly off the peak. Yes. But we still have a long way to go to long get back to... Way to go. So, I mean, if and you're it, looking... Even if it goes down, that doesn't help the small carriers at that point. No, it actually probably hurts them more. Because right? they, they can't sell it for as much. No, they're going to take a bigger loss when they yeah. go and turn around and try to sell it. So, I mean, they're, you want to talk about underwater very quickly in a loan? You're looking at it, right? Yeah. If you bought at the top in early 2022, and what is it? It was almost $150,000 for a used three-year-old mm-hmm. truck, and they just dropped to $115,000. I mean, you're talking 40, what is that, 40, $35,000 drop right there? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're upside down in a loan. I mean, and that's insta- it. Like, almost instantly. That 87%, that's, that's, not look, that's not, the increase is not to the peak. That's yeah. to this month from this month in 2019. So, you know, that's what we're, we think about. So, when people talk about, you know, maybe spot, maybe we're just going to go back to the norm. Yeah. The norm being, oh, spot rates and all rates will go back to 2019 levels. You don't want that. No, because, I mean... That's, again, not, that's not back to the norm. Yeah, I mean, because you're talking equipment costs. Even if you didn't buy it at the peak, I mean, you're yeah. still buying it almost 100% higher. I mean, even if it was... Even if say, you got it at 50% higher. I mean, like, yeah. that's... Like, this is... You're talking an entire year there where people were buying equipment where you were elevated by, Over by 70 to 115%. Yeah. For an entire year. Yeah, and I mean... 
there's not that many people that have the capital to go out and buy this outright, right? right. No, this so this this is being financed, and right. The luxury that they had at the time, interest rates overall were relatively low. So right. I mean, there is that, that factor. Helps. So that does help. Helps. But still, the value of that equipment has come down significantly. Right. So if you wanted to get out, what you're selling it for, not that much, right. uh, not as much. But then you're also factoring in, again, your rate, your revenues come mm-hmm. down. So an expense that's being paid right here in equipment, your fuel is more expensive. So equipment expenses higher, fuel expenses higher, labor expenses higher, yeah. revenue down. Guess what? That is not a profitable outcome. Not a good combination. Now, I will say there is, I think there is a little bit of good news or light at the end of the tunnel here in that it's going to be a very painful next few months for a lot of small carriers. Even some of the big carriers, are, again, they can weather the storm probably better than most. But part of this is going to drive a lot of exits out of the market, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That, that's the reality that we are talking about here. And if you can run a very tight ship during that time, you will reap the benefits because the, as a result, the market will tighten. Yeah. Or there will be some black swan event that we can't predict, and that will tighten. Now, as far as when that is, it's hard to tell. Yeah. We don't know. It, could it be in 2023? Sure. Will we have to wait till 2024? Maybe. Time will tell. Yeah, I mean, that's... But if you can weather the storm, it will turn around. Yeah, I mean, that's the freight market itself, yeah. right? I mean, it's these up and down cycles, and it happens every... What? I mean, this one was the longest bull cycle yeah. in a while. This one was what? a little more violent due to COVID. Like, yeah. the peaks and valleys are bigger than they traditionally are. And that's the concern. The peak was really was beyond what it, any peak really before was. What is the downside look? I that's mean, what is we're that still going figuring to figure out? That's, we're, I don't think we're not there yet. And no. I think that's the, the concerning part. Like you mentioned, it is going to drive exits. The ones that have been through it before and were, smart with their capital, right? Yeah. Not going out, hey, I don't need to go buy a new truck right away. I don't need to go add three trucks to my fleet. Like, yeah. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to go buy a new house. Like, if I'm an owner-op, I'm going to stick to my guns, have that cash aside because I know this is how it runs. It's the new entrants that have never been in the business. They just saw, hey, rates are $3 a mile, and it's an opportunity to go make a lot of money real quick. Yep. Well, guess what? Now you're on the other side, and... It's it's not a pretty sight for yeah, those. It's a, it's, those. A, it's a really really tough journey to, to to have to navigate. But at the end of the day, freight needs to move, right? Yep. People will still buy things. Sure, they're not buying as much, and we know why demand. So demand has definitely diminished. But they still freight still needs to move, and it always will. So um, I don't see too many robots out there driving anything yet. So no. I think we got a little ways till that happens. But there's still some good news there. But I want, to, I want to talk to you, though, just to transition a little bit, right? Ocean imports, very mm-hmm. important. Even if you're on the trucking side, ocean, approximately 70% of all U.S. truckload freight is on a ship at some point. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, I mean, it's vital, right? I mean, that yeah. is where demand stems from. Yeah. And a lot of it stems from that. So, now, there, there's some nuance to it, right? It's not a direct one-to-one, hey, something enters the port, it's going on a truck and moving right. out. Across the country. Because a lot goes on rail and intermodal and all that. Yeah, and then it moves out throughout as it's needed. So some of that time-sensitive nature that we've seen recently, it's kind of gone. I mean, when you think about, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about it before. These inventory levels of some of these retailers are just astronomically higher. Like, 
was it Walmart that said they wanted like if they could take like forty percent of their on hand inventory and just get rid of it, That's they'd true. be happy. Whereas by the way, I'm making I was at the mall the other day, okay? I don't go to the mall a whole lot, but I had to buy some clothes. There were discounts galore yep. at a lot of these department stores. And I'm just like sitting there like, let me get some of that. Let me get some of that. Let me get some of that. Okay, I spent all my money, so I'm going to put that back. But otherwise, a lot of good discounts happen. Yeah. A lot of good discounts happen. That's so, going to be your theme, Could too. be good for uh, Christmas shopping. You know, if you have a little bit of income there left and you need to buy some gifts, hit up the clothes aisle. Yeah. A lot I mean, of discounts. And that's going to be the theme. I mean, yeah. you're seeing it already. I mean, look at go to a Target ad and look at the discounts that they're, mm-hmm. off, or they're offering Black Friday in October. Yeah. Well, hmm. Black, Black Friday, quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Black, get all those discounts. Black Friday as a day itself, like the allure of yeah. shopping on Black Friday is kind of gone. I mean, yeah. when you think about it, I mean, there's so many other opportunities to get discounts. And Walmart and Target and I think Best Buy, I think there were a few others already announced. Like they're closed on Thanksgiving completely. Yeah. Um, and I, I, don't, I think they're going back to we'll open on Black Friday, but it's it's not even going to be. Some of them aren't even at midnight. It's yeah. like you'll you know you'll open kind of later in the day. And I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I it's a great idea, but it also shows that hey, the demand's really not there, mm-hmm. and we'll have to pay. Like some of it has to do with their employees. Like you've got to pay them like a holiday rate, right. whereas you're still going to have to pay it. But if we can cut the hours by six hours, and it's a cut to their. Yeah overall spend right so there are some of those that play into that but it's also if demand's going to be there they would be open and it it just kind of shows that demand is back to more of a spread out instead of a consolidated there's also a lot that happens online like they can always fulfill the orders the the next day yeah exactly right so i mean that's part of that plus like i'm trying to to get me a big thanksgiving dinner i got things what's your favorite thing to eat at thanksgiving well i'm I'm partial to mashed potatoes. Um, mashed that potatoes. is, that's, you, like, are you like you got to put like some cheese and goodness in the mashed potatoes, or are you just, just mashed, potatoes mashed potatoes and I mean gravy if it's you there. Gravy. Yeah, so I mean, I can eat mashed potatoes plain. That, yeah, that might. I be mean, one, yes, it might be one of my favorite. Yeah, uh, no, that's side great. dishes. That's great. Big fan. Of, big big stuffing guy myself as are well. You? I'm too. I'm surprised that stuffing is not eaten more throughout the year, and it's just agreed that one time. So. Agreed. Turkey, I can understand. Turkey's like just okay. Yeah. Actually, a lot of turkey, I eat a lot of turkey for lunch meat. So I guess it does get eaten throughout the year, but not like, just give me not, a turkey. Not a turkey. Not a turkey. Not like the turkey. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, mashed potatoes very good. And gravy. I like to put the gravy on the stuffing. I didn't never used to think I would like stuffing, but then I started it's eating it. It's good. It's good very stuff. Good. Very good. Uh, dessert. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, uh, apple pie. Apple pie strong. Apple pie strong. I'm not a pumpkin or pecan not pie. I'm, I don't like the pecan pie either. Yeah, no. Apple is definitely number one, but but uh, you know pecan pie is probably bottom of the barrel. To yeah. be honest, like people who like pecan pie, like we don't need to be friends. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but anyways, no, I'm kidding. Pecan pie is great. Everybody in my family likes pecan pie except for me. But all in all, it's good things. But anyways, back to the ocean stuff here. Okay, um, the uh, uh, so we know the impact that it has. Yeah. And what? It, let's just throw this up. If you've been following the show, you've probably seen this chart before. This chart represents ocean booking volume. Now, that's the, the key word there that I want you to think about is the booking volume, okay? So if you're familiar with customs and import data, that tracks what's clearing customer, what's coming into the country. Um, the booking data looks at what's being booked or ordered for the future that will then ship 
to the United States. So in this case, we're looking at orders that are being placed to the ocean carriers that will then ship to the United States. So you're looking anywhere from on the low end, 60 days, on the high end, maybe 100, 120 day lead yeah. time before it actually hits U.S. soil. Um, so that, that's, that decline started happening in the middle of May, and it's been continuing and being suppressed throughout the rest of the uh, the rest of Q3 uh, and now Q4. Yeah, um, I mean, we you can see there. Yeah, you see a bump there right at the end of Q3, beginning Q4. You have to remember Golden Week in China, kind of that it was October 1st through the 7th this yeah. year. And it's, it's kind of similar to the Lunar New Year, right? It, you kind of get this, it, it kind of marks the end of that peak season on the right. ocean. It's this, so you see a little bit of a pull forward, right? Whereas look at where we were before, look the week of Golden Week all the way through yeah. till basically the week after. And we're back down to where we were pre that exactly pull forward. Right. So it's kind of like this, it's a boost to ocean demand. It, yeah. And it, it the ends kind of the peak season on the ocean. So that's one thing to like look at is like that's one little more blip that is coming. Whereas the stuff that's in September, there at the beginning, end of August, beginning of September, it's probably here. Yeah. I mean, or it's outside the ports, right? There right. is still a backlog at some of these ports. Right. But again, that sense of urgency to get the goods on shore to move them just isn't there because warehouses right. are full, inventory levels are bloated, and there's just there's no urgency. A lot of that backlog now is due less towards too much demand and more so to, I don't have a place to put it, so just keep it there. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. But even still with that, we're starting to see it materialize. A lot of the ports have reported uh, September's uh, imports. Not all. We're still waiting on a few numbers, but uh, Los Angeles, biggest port in the country, right, um, reported their uh, reported their numbers. And we'll, we'll put them on the screen for you here. I mean, you know, a lot of folks see that blue chart and they're like, there's no way imports bookings are falling 35, 40%. Take a look here at the import numbers. So this is going all the way from, this is comparing the month of September going from this year all the way back to 2009. You'll see, now this is loaded import TEU volume. So TEUs that actually have freight on them. Yes. Right, that's the important thing. Sometimes more containers do go through the port that don't have, freight on them because they got to use them. They got to use the empties to get stuff out. But this is specifically loaded, reported directly from the Port of Los Angeles. You can go on the Port of Los Angeles website and get it directly from them. But look at that, 343,000. Look at that drop. I That's mean, it's almost what a 30, almost a 30% drop, quick mental math from this time last year. And even, and at least that again from 2020, you have to go all the way back down to 2009 was the last time Import Loaded levels. imports in LA were this low. And guess what 2009 was? The great financial crisis, right? The last big recession I that we had. Born, yeah. yeah. No, okay. I'm just kidding. We were what? In, I don't know. I was in high school. I was, yeah, I was in high school. I myself for everybody watching this. I was in high school too. Yeah. I was in the freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. So I, I barely remember it. But well, That's the thing, right? But I mean, it's still a 26% decline yeah. year over year. It's like a 17% decline, decline month over month. And it, yeah, that's the other thing. The, the trend is beginning to start. So it's it's really just this that, that decline, the booking volume is beginning to materialize. Yep. And we, we saw the same thing, very similar in Long Beach. We don't have Long Beach numbers in front of us, but a very similar trend. Between, and a lot of folks are saying like there's been a lot of freight that's shifted towards the East Coast. There's some, yes. Yeah. But LA and Long Beach combined account for one third of US imports. Yeah. It's, New York, Savannah, Charleston, Houston they're not all of a sudden going to grab some of that freight. Yeah. Not, not, maybe a little. Yeah, I mean, they've grown, and yeah. there has been a shift. And 
That would take years to build out that infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, it, and, that, and part of that's why you're seeing a backlog, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just not, they're, they're not equipped to handle Correct. the shift in freight. But, I mean, you start looking at, I think Savannah, I mean, reported a pretty big decline as well. They did. Right? And it was something like... wasn't it, as big as this. Yeah, I mean, to basically offset September's decline... I think loaded imports would have to be up like 19 or it was like yeah. 19% in the month from October yeah. to September. So, I mean, it's a pretty big, yeah. they'd have to be a pretty substantial increase right. there to, to maintain a year over year growth. Yeah. And I think that's going to be what's interesting as we move forward as, I mean, I think Port of New York, New Jersey still has to report theirs, but I mean, like you mentioned, LA Long Beach was lowest level since 2016 yeah, for September. Long, Long Beach was lowest since 2016. Oakland LA, was like, 2014 or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, you're seeing these, we're talking years. Years of erosion. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's what's interesting and definitely something to pay attention to, but mm-hmm. you kind of saw it happening. Yeah. If you were paying attention to what was going on overseas, that that's was right. headed here. That's right. Absolutely. Now, I'm, I am interested. I know we're about to run out of time, but something I'm interested in is... What you know, because basically a lot of these a lot of these companies they over ordered inventory. Yep. What if they are now under ordering and we've fallen too far? That could potentially cause a disruption down the road. Yep. But we'll let you know if that happens. In the meantime, we'll see you at F3 next week, three episodes, and have a fantastic rest of your day.